They won't do things when we tell them to. I can't believe it. Why are you pointing at him? <laughs> it's everybody else's fault. All right. And let's look at some announcements and uh, we'll get started. Tracy, are you here? Unbelievable. Stand up, Tracy. Stand up. You got, you got your Clemson Strong shirt on? Clemson Tough. It, what, what is that? Does it say Clemson on it? No, I don't blame you. I wouldn't wear it either if it did. <clears throat> I, I honestly didn't expect you to be here this morning, so I, I'd just like to publicly say that I'm proud of you. Uh, it takes a lot to show up after losing to South Carolina. And, uh, anyhow, I love you, girl, and uh, sooner or later, Clemson will be back. And uh, anyhow, all right, let's take a look at uh, some announcements that we have coming up. Uh, Ladies Fellowship is December the 5th, and uh, so that's coming up very quickly on us. And uh, anyhow, that's at uh, 6.30. Uh, it's right here at the church. You do not have to be a member uh, to come to this. So this is not, this, this not uh, tomorrow, but the next Monday. And uh, so, uh, anyhow, 6.30, you do not have to be a member of our church to, to participate in this. So, um, you can come as long as you're a lady, all right? And they have their Christmas party. Uh, everyone bring homemade cookies, and uh, they're going to have a cookie contest. So, uh, you can sign up in uh, the foyer to participate in that. And uh, so, anyhow, uh, they have all of that uh, uh, I guess to sign, sign up in the foyer to participate in the cookie contest. What are the parameters of the cookie contest? Is it a decorating or is it the best tasting cookies? What is it? Nobody knows. All right. Uh, so anyhow, it's going to be a great contest, all right? So just buy some cookies and call them your own, all right? That's what most people do anyhow. All right, uh, let's see. Our rocking chair service is, uh, well, let me go back. Uh, this is not up there, Miss Tracy, I don't think. Uh, but December the 19th, fellas, uh, put, your, put it in your calendar uh, that we are having a uh, fellowship. And uh, it'll be out at the plantation uh, where we've been meeting out in the woods uh, down by the river. And uh, anyhow, we'll have a good time with it. Uh, let me encourage you to be there for that. Uh, we typically start around 6 p.m. I don't think we eat till about 7, so uh, I think that's uh, uh, normally about how it goes. Uh, but anyhow, we'll be cooking down there uh, on the river and having a good time with that. Uh, hopefully it'll cool off. We can have a bonfire and, 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 um, and, and a good time down there. We will. Uh, we'll be giving something away, and you don't have to compete for it like a cookie contest. But anyhow, um, we'll have a good time, all right? Uh, rock and chair service is December the 21st, so uh, we'll have our men's service on the, uh, or our men's fellowship on that Monday. That Wednesday, uh, December the 21st, we'll have our rock and chair service, and uh, I get asked this question every year about what is a rock and chair service, if you've never been here. Uh, it's actually how that ended up on the platform forever. And uh, anyhow, when I first came here, they give me, I literally, in the old building, I had a metal chair to sit in, and uh, anyhow, I sat in a metal, metal chair up on the platform, 
And uh, as our church grew, we started, I started the very first year, we started having a rocking chair service. And uh, I'd get in a rocking chair and we'd get all the kids up there and uh, we'd read from the Bible the story of Jesus' birth and, and uh, we'd talk about Christmas and it was just a good time. Kids had a real good time with it, but we put a rocking chair from the nursery up on the platform. And uh, I sat in that rocking chair and I'm like, you know what? This is a heck of a lot better than a metal chair. Is everybody all right? And so now that thing, you believe it or not, y'all don't know this, but this is talked about all over the country. And uh, I am not kidding you. I have preachers that message me all the time. And they, the last one that did it, he preaches up in Virginia. And he messaged me and he said, you are my hero. And I said, for what? And he said, I just watched your service and seen the rocking chair. He said, that is absolutely amazing. And uh, anyhow, I've had church members from other churches call me up and say, look, we, need, we want to get our preacher a rocking chair to put up on the thing. So anyhow, I started a trend with that thing. And uh, when we moved over into the new building, my wife was adamant, you are not putting a rocking chair up there. I said, bless God, I am too. I will find me a rocking chair. And we found them rocking chairs, and I'm telling you, I got four of them. So if that one goes bad, I got three backups. Is everybody all right? And uh, anyhow, but uh, I do love it. Uh, we have a good time with that with the kids. It's real informal. Uh, we just have a good time. You never know what you're going to hear out of them. Uh, they're liable to tell something on their parents. I mean, it, it, it is no telling what's going to happen during this thing. And so anyhow, uh, we had one year Bo, uh, Wendell's Bo. Uh, how old is Bo now? He's 13. Good Lord. So he's a little old thing. And Bo kept bothering me the whole time we were doing it. And he said, he kept bothering me. He wanted to sing. He wanted to sing. And uh, so anyhow, we were in the old building. Was, uh, I mean, he was a little old thing at that time. And he kept on and kept on and kept on. And I finally... Just had enough, one of them deals. Has anybody ever had enough of a kid just persistent, right? So I go over, and I'm like, I grab a microphone, and I go over, and I hand it to Bo, and I said, all right, Bo's going to sing a song for us. And Bo grabs the microphone, and he says, I want to sing a song, but I don't know how. <laughs> for an hour, I had to hear this kid tell me he wanted to sing a song, and then he had uh, I guess he was waiting on the Holy Ghost to show up and, uh, and do it, but anyhow, uh, uh, that was a, a fond memory of a uh, rocking chair service, all right? Uh, but anyhow, uh, we have a good time with that and the kids, and I uh, encourage you to bring the youngins and uh, bring all the kids that you can. We'll have a box up here and have plenty of candy, not only for the kids, but also for the adults. We'll all find out how old you are, because uh, I, I, I give it away in, in age brackets. And so anyhow, we have women in here that still think that they're in their 20s when they're actually in their 40s. And it's hilarious to watch them as they try to sneak up here in their 20s and get called out by everybody in the auditorium, all right? Uh, but anyhow, it's a fun time, all right? Um, and then the Christmas service, uh, we will have a service on Christmas Day. Uh, we'll only have one service. It'll be at 1030, so there won't be any Sunday school. We'll meet 30 minutes earlier than we normally do as far as the worship service goes. Uh, so we'll have a one service, uh, no uh, discipleship that night, no Sunday school that 
that morning. And uh, But we do encourage you to come if you are in town. Uh, we'll be mindful of your time, but we'll also be mindful of the reason we're meeting. And so uh, let me encourage you, if you're on a tight schedule, uh, don't come. Amen. If, it, if it's going to bother you, don't come because we, those of us that are going to meet on Christmas Day, uh, we really do, I really do, I want to meet on Christmas Day and, uh, and worship the one that we should be celebrating on Christmas anyhow, all right? And so anyhow, but we will be, we'll try to do our best to be mindful of your time and all of that as well, all right? All right, so uh, that's all of the announcements that I uh, uh, have at least right here in front of me, all right? I think that about covers everything. Everything. Um, so we will have college this Tuesday night, and uh, I will not be here Wednesday night. I know I'm. I keep being told not to tell y'all that, but uh, we got a good preacher that that preaches when I'm not here, and uh, I promise you, you'll enjoy listening to Dalton preach. Uh, but uh, I'm going to be in Easley, South Carolina, and a preacher called me up and he says, "Hey man, I, we're having a revival, and we want you to close out the revival." And uh, I said, brother, he said, he said I, I prayed about it. I got with the Lord, and the Lord, he told me you were the one to close out this revival. And I said, well, if God told you, then I guess that I, I, I'll be there. And uh, so anyhow, he told me, he said, let me tell you the lineup I got. I said, okay. He said, so Sunday morning and Sunday night, I got Brent and uh, Brent Carr. So Brent and Katie will be here, and they're preaching Sunday morning and Sunday night. I said, well, that's great. I love Brent and Katie. He said, Monday and Tuesday, C.T. Townsend is preaching, and then you're going to close it out Wednesday night. I said, are you sure God told you that I'm supposed to come and close this thing out? And uh, I mean, some of the best preachers there is. And so anyhow, uh, I'm going to go up there, and I'm going to disappoint, but I'm going to do it in the Word of God. Amen. And so y'all pray for me, and I'm looking forward to going up there and being a part of that in Easley, South Carolina. So be praying for me and Michelle as we'll be traveling this week and going up there uh, to preach revival. All right, I think that's it. Yes. You got what? I heard that about you. I heard your driving's pretty bad. <laughs> you wasn't driving? Oh, okay. All right. All right. Okay. All right. So let's keep Miss. Okay. Let's keep Miss Joanne in your prayers and don't be don't be bumping into her. Try to be careful with her. She's got a lot of uh, a soreness from the wreck. All right. And uh, anyhow, pray for Brother Mark. I mentioned him in the prayer room this morning. He's still in the hospital. I think he's out of ICU. Uh, but uh, for those of you that may not know, he had knee surgery, and uh, his body is just rejecting it. And so uh, anyhow, there's a good possibility they're going to have to go in and take that out. And uh, start from scratch again. So if you will, uh, please be praying for him. If you don't know this about him, also he is a, uh, a severe diabetic. And so uh, anyhow, uh, it's going to be tough for his body to, to heal and do the things that it needs to do as far as uh, this surgery is concerned. So pray for Brother Mark, Miss Ellen, as they're in the hospital. Uh, Caleb, is uh, there's no word as when he'll be out, is there? 
Uh, I know they were hoping for tomorrow, but I don't think that's a possibility. So if you will, just keep him in your prayers uh, during this time. Miss Jennifer Walker lost a grandfather. Uh, brother Matt and Miss Jenny are brothers and sisters, uh, our brother and sister. And, of course, Jake and Miranda is affected by that. But they had an uncle that passed away. And uh, Brother Matt actually did the funeral uh, yesterday for that. And uh, so they're out today. And Miss Teresa just called a few minutes ago, or text a few minutes ago, and she's sick. So uh, anyhow, a lot going on, but uh, uh, God is big enough. Amen. So let's pray, and we'll get started this morning in Hebrews chapter number four, I believe. All right, our Heavenly Father, Lord, we love you. God, we are thankful, Lord, for a time, uh, Lord, to gather together, Lord, and to worship you. We're thankful for a time for Sunday school. Uh, Lord, where we can come in and glean from your word. And Lord, I pray this morning, uh, Lord, that we've met here with a purpose, uh, Lord, of getting, uh, Lord, what you have for us out of your word. And so, Lord, I pray this morning, Lord, that you'd do a work through your word. We know that it won't return void. Lord, I pray that you'd be with uh, me, Lord, as I teach. Lord, I pray that you'd be with me this morning, 11 o'clock hour, as we preach. Lord, I pray that all honor and glory be given to you, Lord, through everything that's going on. And Lord, that we, I pray that we'll see sinners, Lord, saved today. Lord, I pray that you do a work that only you can do, and we'll give you the honor and glory for it, Lord, and the praise for it. For it's in Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. All right, let's get started. I think we're in Hebrews chapter number four and uh, verse number one. I know I missed last week as far as our Sunday school goes, and uh, we are uh, implementing some new things in our church, and uh, anyhow, uh, one of the things that I, I was wanting to implement and want to get started is getting our younger, uh, uh, younger adults involved in some of the things that are going on around here. And uh, so uh, I met with uh, Brother Josh's class last uh, Sunday morning, and I was in there with their Sunday school class, and uh, man, they are excited, And uh, but uh, you pray for them as they're trying to find a place to fit in. Is everybody all right? How many of y'all How many of y'all come to church? Uh, maybe you was a little young, and uh, there was a pile of other folks that were in there that had been there forever, and you were like, where do I fit into this equation? You know, am I just supposed to sit here and wait for somebody to die, or is there an opportunity for me to serve God too, right? Is everybody, y'all with me? And we can remember that. And so anyhow, we're trying to open up some opportunities for them to serve without any of us dying, okay? And so anyhow, you pray for our young adults, and they're excited about how God may use them here at our church. And man, I'm excited about it for them. And Brother Josh, he does a tremendous job, even though he's a gator. He does a tremendous job, been through my Bible college, and he's one of, the, one of the best preachers that's come out of our Bible college, to be honest. He really is a good preacher, and uh, I love Brother Josh and appreciate the good work, the hard work that him and Miss uh, Mary Ellen put into uh, their class and, and what they do, all right? Hebrews chapter number four. How many of you are glad to be back in the book of Hebrews? Praise the Lord. All right, so let us start in verse number one, and we will probably... Um, we'll probably read down through verse number 11 and uh, we'll talk a little bit about these things and then we'll get, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll see how it goes. All right. Let us therefore fear lest a promise being left us of entering into his rest, any of you should seem 
to come short of it. All right, so uh, uh, the therefore, all right, and in your Bible studies, what does therefore tell us? We got to go back and see what it is there for. Does anybody remember what the therefore in Hebrews chapter number four, verse number one is there for? Unbelief. Very good, Frank. All right. So it goes back to chapter number three, and it is talking about the children of Israel in the wilderness and their unbelief into going into Canaan. All right, and so if we go back into chapter number three, we can read some of the history of Israel. Israel was delivered from the Egyptian uh, bondage, and they crossed the Red Sea uh, in the wilderness. They seen God do great things. They seen God bring water from the rock. They seen manna from heaven. They seen all kind of things while they were in the wilderness on their way to Kadesh Barnea, which was right on the border of Canaan. Once they got there, they sent 10 spies in, or 12 spies in, and 10 of them came back with a bad report. Two came back with an honest report, uh, and that was uh, Joshua and Caleb. But the people believed the 10, all right? And uh, another example in the Bible where the majority is not always right, okay? And so the people believed the 10, and because they believed the 10, they... They did not have belief, if you will. It showed their unbelief in God. God had done all of these things. God had shown, shown them how powerful he was, and yet they would not trust him for the next phase of their life, okay? And this is something that you and I get into as well. We won't trust God for the next phase of our life. Can I get an amen right there? We've seen God do wonderful things in our life. We've seen God heal. We've seen God uh, uh, protect. We've seen God provide. We've seen God do all of these things. And then we come up on the next problem, if you will. And all of a sudden we think God can't do nothing with this. And so we're reluctant to trust God. And so we end up trying to do it ourselves and we get ourselves even deeper and deeper into trouble. According to the Bible here, because of their unbelief, 40 years they spent wandering in the wilderness because of their unbelief. And in those 40 years of wandering, God did a work. Everybody understand? Everybody here, listen to me. God did a work. He killed off every single man that was 20 years of age and older in the next 40 years. Because he would not allow them to enter into his rest because of their unbelief. And uh, this is where Caleb, uh, back in the a book of Joshua, near the end of the book of Joshua, Caleb tells Joshua to give me my mountain, that one that God promised to me. 44 years ago at that time. Now, 40 years they wandered and four years they spent conquering in, the, in Canaan. And now it was time for them to go into their individual lands and conquer them. And Caleb said, I'm 84 years old <laughs> and I'm just as young, I'm just as strong as I was the day God said he was going to give me that land. So Joshua, give me my mountain. So Joshua and Caleb were the only two men that survived the 40 years in the wilderness because they believed God, all right? So the therefore uh, in verse number one takes us back in the history of Israel. And remember, who are we talking to? Who is the writer writing to right here? The Hebrews. He's writing to the Jews, okay? And so uh, it's very fitting that he goes back in their own history and shows them 
that there is a possibility of this happening. And we know from, we know from Bible reading that Israel over and over again and us over and over again go through the cycle. And anybody remember the cycle? If you haven't been in college, you'll learn this in college, all right? We rebel. God brings restitution or he brings punishment for that rebellion. We repent and then God restores. And then as soon as God restores and we live a little bit for a little bit, we end up rebelling and then God will bring restitution that will lead us to repentance, that will bring us into restoration and then we'll go right back and rebel, all right? And that's the cycle, not only for the children of Israel, but that's the cycle for the Christian and that's how we tend to treat God. I do myself, so I'm not pointing any fingers. I'm just telling you oftentimes we get into that cycle to where God does great and amazing things and then God tells us to do something or God shows us we need to do something and we say, no, nah, I'm not ready for that. And then God has to chastise as a father would a son. It brings us to repentance. God restores fellowship. And then we go through the same cycle again, all right? So he's warning them that this could happen again. He says, let us therefore fear because God didn't allow them into rest. Because God killed them off in the wilderness. Because God would not allow them to go into Canaan because of their unbelief. He says, let us therefore fear. Lest a promise being left us of entering into his rest, any of you should seem to come short of it. That means to not achieve. To fall short here is the same. It's a terminology that was used in a race. As far as a race was concerned, and people need to hear this, everybody, y'all need to hear that, hear this. You either won or you came short. All right? We live in a day of participation trophies. All right? I did not live in that day, all right? You either win or you lost. All right, that's how it goes. It doesn't matter how you win, and I mean that. I'm one of them win whatever is necessary. That's the acrostic that I use for win. Whatever is necessary, all right? But I don't cheat on golf course. I don't do that. Anyhow, I got to say that because Brother Randy's here, all right? But anyhow, I, I, I am one of them. I remember in football, we had a, uh, we had a quarterback. I played linebacker. And, uh, man, I was mean. We were talking about this this weekend. They used to make bets on how many dirty hits I'd have in a, in a game out there at the uh, paper mill in Brunswick. Well, anyhow, in practice, I was just as mean. And uh, we had a quarterback, and we would get punished if our, our defensive coach would punish us if the offense did anything good. So, anyhow, we were in practice one day, and the quarterback dropped back, and, and we were told we couldn't touch him. They put one of them black jerseys on him, and that meant that we couldn't touch him. And he dropped back, and here I come running in there, and I just had to stop right there in front of him. And he threw the ball, and the boy caught it, and it was a touchdown. And then I had to do up-downs, which grass drills. Does anybody know what that was? Jog in place, jump down on your belly, jump back up, jog in place. I, I had to do that. And because of that. So the next play, we run the same play. They run the same play. This time, I about broke that quarterback slam in two. All right, is everybody all right? Black didn't mean stop that time. Is everybody all right? I remember the coaches, the offensive coaches, they grabbed me and he picked me up and he said, Robbie Harrington, do you want to play quarterback Friday? I said, yes, sir, I do. 
He couldn't even be mad at me. He shut up and get back over there on the other side of the line. I thought, you, you, right? Because I, I don't like to lose. <laughs> Winning, anything comes short of that, all right, is, is what he's talking about. This is, the, this is the mindset of the writer here, and, and this is why I also believe it was Paul, because Paul over and over again used uh, these type of analogies when he was in his teaching about running the race and finishing the race and all of these things. And so this is what that comes from. So the Bible here tells us, let me, I, I, I know I got caught up in a story, but let, let's, let's make sure you understand. He tells us to fear unless we come, unless we get back into what they were. All right, back in history where they rebelled against God and their unbelief, all right? But he also reveals to us that there's another rest. Amen. Is everybody understanding? Here's what I mean. So in their mind, this rest was Canaan. But the writer here tells us that the rest he is speaking about isn't Canaan. Okay? This is a spiritual rest. It's one for those that he's writing to. The history has already happened. So this is a different rest, even though it relates to their history. Is everybody with me? All right. So he's telling us this in the very first verse. He says, let us therefore fear, lest a promise being left us of entering into his rest, any of you should seem to come short of it. For unto us was the gospel preached as well as unto them. But the word preached did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. All right, so we find out that a word was preached. The gospel was preached to us, the gospel was preached to them. A word was preached, but it was received. It was the way it was received. Is everybody all right? Do we understand that? The gospel doesn't change. The gospel doesn't change. There's not a different gospel for Frank than there is for uh, Brother Herman. There's not a, a different gospel for me and, than there is for you. We all got the same gospel preached to us. But we all responded, if we're saved, by faith. If we didn't respond, if we're not saved, then we responded differently. Same word. You see what he's saying? For unto us was the gospel preached as well as unto them. But the word preached did not profit them. Why didn't it profit them? Because they didn't have faith. It wasn't an understanding of the word is having faith. You understand? Without faith, it is impossible to please. It's impossible to please God. We live our lives as though everything has to make sense. I need somebody to help me. I'm going to go ahead. I'm just going to go ahead and have some fun with it. We live our life as though every single thing has to be explained, has to be rationalized, has to be all of this. And so since we can't rationalize that God created everything in six days, we come up with this alternate theory that says that these two things collided and all of a sudden by circumstance all this came together and some little animal decided he wasn't going to be what he was designed to be and so he just crawled up on land and he decided he was going to grow legs and so he grew legs and all of a sudden, and there, and it just, is everybody all right? And you got faith to believe in something like that? I need help me. Was any of y'all there when Jesus, when God created the earth? Was any of us there? 
No. So how do we know that he did it? He said it, and we have faith that what he said is true. I don't have to figure out how he did it. It blows my mind. God, there ain't no well could swallow Jonah. Well, Jesus said a well swallowed Jonah. Is everybody all right? And if Jesus said it, I'm just inclined to believe it, especially if I'm going to believe that Jesus died on the cross so that I could go to heaven. It's amazing to me how we cannot reconcile faith. It's always got to be, it's got to be, it's got to be proven. It's got to be this, it's got to be that. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. So, he says that it didn't profit. The gospel was preached, but it didn't profit because it wasn't mixed with faith in them that heard it. Verse number three. For we which have believed do enter into rest as he said. Did y'all catch that? For, for we which believed do enter into rest as he said. As I have sworn in my wrath. If they shall enter into my rest, although the works were finished from the foundation of the world. He goes all the way back and tells us that this stuff was accomplished before the foundation of the world. He said this rest, all right. Verse number four. For he spake in a certain place of the seventh day on this wise, and God did rest the seventh day from all his works. So now he's tying it in not only to the history of Israel in the wilderness, but now he's tying in this rest to, a, to the Word of God, one, but then back all the way to the creation of the world when God rested on the seventh day. The Bible says, and in this place, verse number five, and in this place again, if they shall enter into my rest, seeing therefore it remaineth that some must enter therein, and they to whom it was first preached entered not in because of unbelief. Once again, he is, he is, he is pleading with us to trust God. You know the history this is what he's saying. Let me put it in cotton patch language. You know the history and you know what happened to those that did not believe. They did not enter into rest. They were destroyed or they, were, they perished in the wilderness. Why? Because of unbelief. Is everybody, y'all with me? Now, if it happened that way with them, it can happen that way with us. How can we think that we can escape what God's word has already shown? Right? This is what he keeps saying over and over again. You know the history. He's talking to the Jews. He's writing to the Hebrews. They know history. Listen to me. They know history better than you and I know history. And he is writing to them and he is reminding them. That because of unbelief, they did not enter rest. And now he's talking to them about spiritual rest. And he's saying with the same principle, 
that God did not allow those without faith or who did, didn't believe to enter into a physical rest in Canaan. He will not allow us without faith and unbelief to enter into a spiritual rest. Amen. Is everybody seeing what I'm saying? Any questions on any of that? We're getting, we're going to get some more in this. We'll go all the way through verse number 11. But this is the thought. You know the history. You know how God responded to unbelief. And now the same gospel is preached to you. If you don't believe it, then guess what's going to happen to you? You're not going to enter into Spiritual rest, all right? So verse number seven says this. Again, he limiteth a certain day, saying in David, today after so long a time, as it is said, today if you will hear his voice, harden not your hearts. Now the reason that he uses David here, and he's using David in one of the Psalms, and David spoke, I believe it's Psalm 95, and he says, David said, today, after so long a time, this is quoting, as it is said today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your heart. This is a direct quote from a psalm that David wrote. Now, what's the significance of that? Was David, let me ask you this question. Let me, let me, let me, let me help you a little bit. Was David before them entering Canaan or was David after Canaan had been conquered? After. So, the writer is distinguishing, Paul, I believe, is distinguishing that this rest that he talks about isn't Canaan. Because David testified of a rest and David was after they had already conquered Canaan. Do you see what I'm saying? So he puts David in here to make sure that they're understanding we're not talking about the same thing. We're not talking about Canaan again. Is everybody with me? We've, we've moved beyond Canaan. Canaan is a physical picture of something that is now spiritual. And he's saying, don't get caught up in the physical aspect of this story. I'm just showing you that the rest that I'm speaking of, David spoke of, and David was beyond Canaan. You see? All right, so verse number eight. Verse number eight says, For if Jesus had given them rest, then would he not afterward have spoken of another day. There remaineth therefore a rest to the people of God. Does everybody see that verse? There remaineth therefore a rest. There's still a rest beyond Canaan. There remaineth therefore a rest to the people of God. Jesus didn't give them that rest wasn't complete in Canaan. There remaineth therefore a rest to the people of God. In other words, beyond here. Okay, stay with me. Here we go. So, verse number 10. For he that is entered into his rest, he also has ceased from his own works as God did from his. Now, is, is anybody catching on? This one verse really gets to the heart 
of the matter of why the writer is writing to the Jews. Okay? Now, is he writing to save people? Yes. Who said it? Don't be scared. Yes, all right? So, Hebrews chapter number 3. Hebrews chapter number 3 and verse number 1. Wherefore, holy brethren. Y'all remember that? All right, so is he, talking to, is he talking to saved people? Yes, he's talking to Christians, all right? All right, but <laughs> there's an issue. Something's happening in the congregation, and now he's having to go back through all of this, and he ends, he, he comes to a conclusion almost. For he that has entered into his rest, does that mean a saved person or a lost person? Saved, right? All right, so we, we, remember, to enter into this rest, what is, the, what is the prerequisite or what is the requirement for entering into this rest? Faith, faith. So when we have faith, we believe, we get saved, we enter into rest, all right? So for he that has entered into his rest, that means they're saved. He also, that individual, has ceased from his own works as God did from his. So he takes us all the way back to creation. Six days God worked, seventh day he... All right? When the believer, when the Christian, when the person believes, has faith, they enter into his rest. There's no more need for works. See, the problem with the Jews has always been and will always be trying to reconcile the cross and the law. You can be saved. If you'll remember in the book of Acts, when we went through the book of Acts, the Jews went around everywhere that Paul went. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, Jesus saves. Oh, yeah, you can be saved. But you got to be circumcised. But you got to keep this. You got to keep that. You got to keep this. Is everybody all right? And what the writer is saying here is that when you enter into that rest, all that's gone. I no longer have, is everybody all right? I no longer am working for God's approval. <laughs> I'm already approved. I enter into rest because I'm no longer having to fight and work and trying to please God. I have pleased God through faith. And so now because of my faith, I am in rest. Okay? Now, verse number 11. Let us labor, therefore... To enter into that rest. In other words, let us put an emphasis on believing. Because how do we enter that rest? Through faith. By believing. So let us labor, therefore, to enter into that rest, lest any man fall after the same example of what? Unbelief. See? He takes us back to... To Canaan. They fell in the wilderness in Canaan because of unbelief. 
And what he is saying is, is if you don't believe, you're going to fall. You're not going to. Is everybody all right? Any questions on any of this? Now, I could skip a few verses. Um, let's see here. We could skip a few verses, which I'm not, I'm not, I, I ain't going to do it. But if we skipped a few verses, we could understand that the reason that they're having, we'll get to it, but the reason that they're having this problem is, let me, because it's not laid out. This is something that you have to study. It's not something that's just written out. You have to understand it. You have to study it. But this was the problem. These Jews had gotten saved. And just like in Acts and in Paul's time, these Jews, other Jews, certain Jews came and said, okay, you can be saved, but you got to do this. And so they were, they, were, they were teetering in their beliefs. And Paul will tell them, or the writer will tell them here in a shortly, that they should... Stand fast in Jesus, not going back to the works of the law. Okay? Does everybody got everybody with me? Wow, is it that time? All right. We're past time. My alarm didn't go off, so that means I don't have my alarm set. Amen. Any questions on any of that? It sets us up. Can I read one more verse? Go to the next verse. Y'all know this verse. Y'all know this verse. Check this verse out. How many of y'all has ever heard this verse? For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Why would he write that right there? This is where we're going to start next, next week. Why would he write that? Anybody want to know? Anybody got it? Unbelief. What were they to believe? God's word. And he said God's word just ain't some old relic. For the word of God is quick. That don't mean that it's fast. It literally means that it is alive. And that word powerful there means that it's active. That means it's still working today. And here's what it says. The word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. I mean, he's letting us know that if God says it, I can believe it. And there's no reason for me to go back when Jesus said I have Rest. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. All right. Lord, we thank you, Lord, for the rest that is found in your word. We thank you, Lord, for the rest that is found in our belief, God, of what you did for us on the cross. Lord, I'm thankful, Lord, for uh, redemption redemption. Lord, I'm thankful, Lord, for the cross. Lord, I pray that we'll live in light of your word, understanding that your word is true, and Lord, that we can base every aspect of our life on the word of God, and Lord, trust that we truly have
rest in you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.